Stop building the business everyone tells you you should build and build the business you deserve. Business Blasphemy is sponsored by Corporate Rehab Strategic Consulting, creators of the Entrepreneur Growth Hierarchy, the proprietary method for helping you identify the precise conditions you need to meet to sustainably scale your business to the next level of growth without overcomplicating things or getting caught up in the bullshit. If you're ready to find out exactly what your business needs from you, grab a free 30-minute assessment today. Details are in the show notes. Welcome to the Business Blasphemy Podcast, where we question the sacred truths of the online business space and the reverence with which they're held. I'm your host, Sarah Khan, speaker, strategic consultant, and BS-busting badass. Join me each week as we challenge the norms, trends, and overall bullshit status quo of entrepreneurship to uncover what it really takes to build the business that you want to build in a way that honors you, your life, and your vision for what's possible, and maybe piss off a few gurus along the way. So if you're ready to commit business blasphemy, let's do it. Hello, hello, blasphemers. So for the last few weeks, I've been having an existential crisis. I love the work that I do. I love the people that I work with. And yet everything has just felt so overwhelming lately. Because sometimes when you're like me, you forget that life continues to happen even as you're working or running a business. And I've been trained most of my life to have an impeccable work ethic, right? The way I was raised, not just by my parents, but with the jobs that I took, the the mentors that came into my life, the people who were in my circle when I was learning, you know, what it meant to be a person out there in the world. All of that taught me and demonstrated that in order to be loved or have love or have value or have worth, you had to earn it. And that was usually in service of others, right? The belief that your worthiness comes from your output. It's its very deeply ingrained in all of us, not just me, not just culturally, but societally as well. And I've done a lot of work around this belief over the last 10 years or so, because I started to recognize when I was in corporate, just how toxic that belief system can be. I mean, obviously, looking back on it now, obviously, any belief system that has you thinking that your worth is tied to your productivity is not healthy. But when you're in it, it's really hard to see that. And it's actually one of the reasons why I left corporate in the first place and went into teaching. And (laughs) that, I mean, was a huge wake-up call on its own. Side note, teaching isn't actually that much different than corporate these days in terms of how it's structured on the back end. There's so much red tape so much bureaucracy, it really makes it impossible for teachers to actually do the thing they're there to do, which is teach. Now, corporate never really allowed for rest because the whole system is set up to reward those who work hardest or longest or who give up or deprioritize you know, the very things that they're working for. So things like family, things like the ability to enjoy their time. You, you know what I'm talking about. And so When teaching started to become overwhelming and the system started to focus more on us justifying how we were doing things versus why we were doing them, so focusing more on the step-by-step and the execution versus the purpose and not focusing on actual students or the delivery of content, it started to remind me so much of corporate and how we were micromanaged and exploited to the point of burnout. That's when I decided to become an entrepreneur because Even teaching, which is ironically supposed to be focused on children, never really allowed me to focus on my children. So I left. And even though the first few years of entrepreneurship 
were me adjusting to life without that structure, as toxic as it may have been, you know, and helping my nervous system regulate around having total autonomy over my time and my output and what I wanted to do, which as another side note, is terrifying. We we crave this freedom and then we're given it. And it's fucking terrifying because it is so fast and so open and so empty. And so even as I was doing these things and learning these things and posting about these things in my own journey and talking about how toxic my experiences had been and how I was seeing this in other people and wanting to help them so badly with it, the truth of the matter is I hadn't completely expelled that programming from my own body. And sometimes I wonder if I'm ever really totally completely going to be able to do that. It's been for too long and continues to remain my default, my default programming. And it's toxic and damaging as fuck. But it's like any situation where people stay in something, even though they know it's not right for them, or they know it's not healthy for them, because even though you're aware of something not serving you, it's familiar and it's less scary to navigate than the unknown is. And when you are stuck in something overwhelming and hard and and your mental energy is required in all of these other places, defaulting to what is easy, whether it's healthy or not, becomes easier to do because it requires less energy from you. Does that make sense? So when you're under a lot of pressure and you're under a lot of stress, you default to those behaviors because you can do them on autopilot, right? They feel comfortable because they're easy, regardless of whether or not they're, they're actually in service to you. Some people default to substances or punishing exercise or comfort foods. I default to working harder. I, I work as a punishment and I work as a reward. And work is something I've always felt like I had 100% control over. So when things start to feel outside of my control in other areas, I hold harder and faster to work. And I know that's not a healthier, productive thing to do. But I've come far enough in my growth journey to at least recognize it for what it is now. And I'm able to catch it quicker than I was before, before I hit burnout, which I have experienced exactly two times in my career. It's not fun. Would not recommend. But it's incredible how quickly it becomes the default. And so I decided a few weeks ago that I needed to take a break, that I needed to stop and reset to reevaluate where everything stood because that's the other problem with doing things on autopilot. You're busy and you feel like you're getting things done, but nothing feels real, right? Nothing feels enjoyable. And we keep waiting for that break. But what we forget is the break has to come from us. No one's going to give it to us because life will keep happening. Life will continue regardless of what you need. And so when this starts to happen, now what I do is an audit of my life. Now, usually we do these things like reflections and audits and look backs, you know, at the end of the year or at the start of a new one. But honestly, you can do one whenever you feel stuck or feel overwhelmed. You know, whenever you're in that place of, I don't know what to do next. We try so hard to force answers and direction from ourselves. And that can actually make it worse because I've done that too. I've tried to force myself to make a decision or to make a move or do anything to break this feeling of stuckness or overwhelm. And honestly, that never works. So it's around this time actually that a pop posted up on my Facebook memories reminding me of a practice that I used to do each year, but I had forgotten over the last year or so 
it's a biannual audit. So I, I usually have it scheduled to do every six months. It's like actually in my time management or my, my task management software. But in the recent overhauling of my business and changing of some platforms and my life just getting chaotic, the reminder got lost. So thank you, Zuck. You're never going to hear me say that again, but thank you, Zuck, because it was a timely reminder. And when I sat down and worked through these five questions, holy hell, did things start to feel looser in my chest? I hadn't realized that I had been feeling this tightness and overwhelm in my chest. Things started to feel easier and things started to feel less overwhelming. So I want to share these with you now because A, I've gotten over the emotion of what came up in doing the audit. And I like to share things from the scar, not the wound. Second, I wanted to share it because a lot of the conversations that I've been having over the last maybe month, month and a half have been from people who feel exactly the same way, overwhelmed, stuck, existential crisis. And third, as soon as I did this, honestly, opportunities started to pop up that made me really see what I wanted moving forward. It helped me clarify and remind myself what was important to me. Because that's one of the big truths I think we forget when we're feeling overwhelmed and stuck and just not sure what to do next and everything feels so big and so hard. It's usually because we've fallen off the path we truly desired for ourselves, right? Things got in the way. Things got pushed to the side. We defaulted to what we knew and what was easy and things got more complicated than they needed to be. Now, you're not doing anything wrong if this has happened to you or if this is how you feel right now. This is a normal part of life. And sitting down and taking stock when you need it, that's me clapping, when you need it, versus just at some annual milestone like New Year's is a really good way to keep yourself on the path you desire to be on. So I'm going to share these questions with you now. You can do them as often as you need. Maybe for you, it is once a year or twice a year. Maybe it's quarterly. Maybe you need to do this every fucking week to begin with. That's totally fine. You get to decide the cadence of this. But I'm going to go through them now, and hopefully they help you if you've been feeling like I've been feeling. So the first thing I like to do is make a gratitude and celebration list. That's a list of all the good things that have happened from January to now or whatever time frame you're doing this in. It doesn't matter how big or small they are. It doesn't have to be business-related or income-related. It doesn't have to be anything like that. Just make a list of the good things. We have a tendency to forget the good things and focus on the bad. I think that's just how our brains work, right? They they work to protect us. And so we focus on the negative versus the good stuff. Now, I was able to remember all the frustrating or sad stuff, but I legitimately had to go through my calendar and my journals to remember the good. This is also, I'm doing a lot of side notes this episode. Here's another side note. This is also why I, I work really hard to keep a, a weekly wins journal. And I have it in my calendar, my reminders to do it every Friday. I haven't been as consistent with that because that's another thing that happens when you feel overwhelmed. All of the good habits, you start to just push them aside because it takes a lot of energy to do those things. And so getting back into that habit is really important for me. But basically, every Friday I sit down and I make a note of all the good things that happened this week, each week, because when you look back, you can see all of the good things that actually happen when our brain refuses to remember them. And when everything sucks, having that list as a reminder hijacks that part of your brain that says everything sucks because you've got evidence to the to the contrary. 
it's a really big and powerful perspective shift. So for me, sitting down, it was things like I'd successfully launched this podcast. That's a great thing. Um, I had a couple of speaking gigs. There were a number of people that I coached and I wrote them down by name. I went to the symphony with my older daughter. We experienced the Harry Potter symphony thing that, that our local symphony does every year. Both my kids finished their school years successfully. I got to know and make friends with some amazing people. I had consistent family lunches or dinners with my dad and my brother every Sunday. So it's all the things that brought you joy or that you were grateful for. And actually make a note of which things made you really happy and which ones you want more of, because that's what you're going to start to prioritize going forward. That's step one. The next step is what I call loving truth bombs. Now we look at what wasn't so great. What happened or, you know, what transpired that you're like, oh, that was really hard, or I didn't like that, or I wish I didn't have to do that again, or I want to change that. And once you make that list, then you ask yourself, well, what happened or what were the circumstances that led to those things? And then here's the kicker. You ask yourself, how many of those things were in my control? This is a huge reality check because sometimes we get frustrated by things outside our control. And sometimes it's the opposite. We get angry about things we actually can change. So for me, I had way too many fucking meetings the first half of this year. I can absolutely control some of those. So blocking off my calendar more consistently when I need a break, not feeling obligated to go to every single meeting because I needed time to do other things. I didn't move as often as I'd wanted to. That was another thing I really hated about the first half of this year. And again, yes, I'm fucking busy as shit. But if I don't prioritize my health, then what? right? Literally nothing else matters. I had to be honest with myself about that. It is so easy to say, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. Yeah, you are. So where can you make yourself less busy so that you can focus on the shit that matters? Here's a, here's a big one that came up for me in my Loving Truth Bombs. I've always desired to be a public speaker, to do public speaking, keynotes, motivational talks, trainings. And this year I've been working with Jasmine Haley, who is incredible. Go and check her out if this is something that you desire to do as well. She helped me map out signature keynotes, and it's been great. But the loving truth bomb I had to tell myself was this. Having the talks doesn't make me a speaker. I have to actually start pitching and marketing myself in the right places. That one was a big oof. That was like a big thing for me to admit to myself. And so now I've actually put it in my calendar and in my to-dos every week. I pitch. I pitch at least three places. So make the loving truth bomb list. And be honest and gentle with yourself. What has been hard and how much of it can you change? You can't change the economy. You can't change the state of the world in terms of like climate or politics, but you can change how you interact with the world and the people in it. And this is actually a great time now for number three, step three, which is checking in on your goals. A lot of us use goals or resolutions at the beginning of the year Uh, You know, we set those intentions. Well, what were they? (laughs) You know, do they still feel aligned? A lot of the time, it's not that we don't follow our goals because we're undisciplined or we're horrible people. It's because what we want has evolved over the last six months or three months or, or however long, you know, it is between you making those goals and doing this. And sometimes those goals are just no longer relevant or aligned. So if they still are what you want, then take stock. Are you on track to meet them? If not, Where do you need to tweak shit? And if they aren't aligned, give yourself permission to dump them and ask yourself what you'd rather do. 
This is where you look back at number one, right? What made you happy over the last period? What brought you joy? Maybe you want to do more of that. And then that segues really nicely into step four, which is evaluating your habits, right? What actions can you release that aren't serving you? What do you want to avoid or or stop altogether moving forward? And then what's one small change that you can make over the next six months to get you closer to that? So ask yourself if you're doing things that are moving you towards your goals or that are allowing you to do things that you enjoy. Like for me, if my daily or weekly habit doesn't include pitching speaking opportunities, I'm not moving toward my goal of being a speaker. If I'm not prioritizing movement, I'm not moving toward my goal of better health and mobility. If you're not actively marketing your business, you're not going to make that revenue goal, whatever it is. And if your goals have changed, then your habits should too. So ask yourself, what do I need to do every day? What's one small change I can make over the next six months? For me, it's drinking more water, like actually buying one of those giant water bottles and putting it on my desk and making sure I drink it. And then step five was actually one of the hardest for me, the ditch list. This is where you ask yourself, who are you associated with or connected to that is bringing you down, that is making you feel overwhelmed? or causing you to feel bad about your life and your business and your choices. And what you'll see is like all five of these steps kind of play off of each other. But this final step is where you make a list of the people or groups that you either want to disengage from or mute on social or whatever. Because I'll tell you this, there were a couple of people that I really like as humans, but every time I saw their content, I felt like a huge loser. And I couldn't understand why. And then I realized I didn't need to understand why. I just needed to mute them. You don't have to justify why you want to disconnect with somebody. You're allowed to trust your feelings or your instincts. You're allowed to honor them. And it's good. I mean, it is good practice, right? To ask yourself, what's going on? Is this a growth opportunity or is this just a huge values mismatch? But don't get stuck feeling like you have to justify why you feel the need to disconnect from somebody. So for example, are you feeling some kind of way out of envy? or wishing you had what they had, because that's a totally different talk you need to have with yourself than if it's simply, I just don't like the way they sell or do business, or it feels too overwhelming to constantly have their shit in my feed. You don't have to overanalyze it. Just make a mental note to yourself. Maybe that's something you need to work on. Maybe it's not. But whatever the reason, whomever the person, you get to decide whether you stay connected. And it's also a great opportunity to just clean out your friend list. So you start seeing content from people you actually want to see it from. And honestly, that's it. Those are the five things I asked myself and it gave me the perspective shift that I needed. So run through those. And once the lists are made, right, I review them, I come up with a game plan and that's what I set as my intentions going forward. There's no time frame, like not for the next six months or whatever. Like I'm I'm going to do these as long as they feel good. And when I'm having another existential crisis, I'm going to remind myself to sit down and do this again. So what does that mean for me right now? It means no more taking my laptop to bed five nights a week and being more clear about what I can actually get done and not get done, right? So holding realistic timeframes for my clients and for myself and holding better boundaries with my clients. Because again, when you default to work, you try to do way too much. That's that's me knowing my triggers and my defaults. You know, not working to keep myself busy, actually intentionally forcing myself to go outside and sit in the sun. We don't get summer for very long here and my office is in the basement. So really getting outside makes a huge difference. You know, spending more time with my family every day, eating the damn popcorn whenever I want to, because it brings me joy. And we bought a treadmill this past weekend. 
and we've put it outside my office. So I can take calls when I'm walking, not running, not clocking miles, not trying to accomplish something, but just walking movement, right? Change of scenery. So I really just wanted to share that because honestly, like I said, the last little while has been so hard and so heavy. And there have been a lot of things that have come up beyond my control, but that I was making myself responsible for. And that was adding to the angst I was feeling in my business and with life in general. And when I went through this exercise, it really helped me ground myself. And it reminded me of what I was actually in control of and what I wasn't. It helped me to remember what I really wanted to do and what was important. And it helped me remember that things aren't actually as bad as they feel when you're feeling overwhelmed. And if nothing else, it's given me the reminder that I needed that I am wildly capable and we'll get through this season too. So if you've been feeling some kind of way lately, I encourage you to give this little audit a try. I will pop all five questions in the show notes. So head over there. So you've got them to hand. And I invite you to come share your aha moments in the podcast community over on Facebook if you want. I would love to learn more about you know what you discovered and learn more about you. And if that feels like too much, just come hit me up on Instagram. Hit me up in the DMs. We'll chat there. Because if you listen to last week's episode about mental health and entrepreneurship, you'll know that this shit can feel really hard and lonely sometimes. And I just want you to remember that you're not alone. You're not the only one going through whatever you're going through, I promise. And yes, this is a business podcast, but let's be honest, life and business are not two separate things. They're not compartmental. And sometimes our business needs attention and sometimes life does because they both spill over into each other. And the easiest way to give them both the attention they need is to give yourself the attention that you deserve. That's it. That's all I have for you this week. I think it's a lot, to be honest. If you're struggling, you're not alone. It's a weird and wacky time for everybody. And sometimes that success without the BS that I talk about every week is personal success because you cut out the BS and just got out of your own way. And sometimes that's exactly what you need. Take care, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to the Business Blasphemy podcast. We'll be back next week with a new episode. But in the meantime, help a sister out by subscribing. And if you're feeling extra sassy, rating this podcast. And don't forget to share the podcast with others. Head over to businessblasphemypodcast.com to connect with us and learn more. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have success without the BS.